0: Hello. Welcome to Dying to Talk. I'm Buddy Finuff, a fourth generation funeral director in New Hampshire and the owner of Phnef Funeral Homes and Crematorium and the founder of the Cremation Society of New Hampshire. My co-hosts today are Mandy Damaris and Madison Smith, both longtime funeral directors with our firm.
1: Hello, I'm Mandy. Thanks for joining us on Dying
2: to Talk. Hi, I'm Madison. We're excited to discuss some frequently asked questions about the funeral industry.
0: Dying to Talk is a lighthearted and upbeat discussion of those topics no one really wants to talk about. Each episode, we will choose a subject that is related to funeral service, the cremation process, or death and dying. Today we have a we have a challenging topic. Uh, We're going to be talking about um, hospice, but more specifically, hospice houses. What they are, um, how they differ than hospice at home. Our guest today is Barbara LaFrance, and Barbara is a registered nurse. And the director of the home health and hospice care, and the hospice house here in Merrimack, New Hampshire. And I know we we have a great relationship with hospice and hospice house, in um, in Merrimack. And I know we have some some good questions for Barbara. We have some viewers that have, or listeners, I should say, that have emailed some questions in that we're going to get to later on um, later on in this segment. Any any thoughts on this topic, ladies? I know we deal, unfortunately, we deal with hospice on a regular basis. Um, they provide an amazing service, and I think hospice houses are fairly new to New Hampshire. I think a lot of people um, are going to get some good information on on this particular topic.
2: Yeah, for sure. A great number of the families that I work with before the experience of their loved one passing were not familiar with hospice houses. This is their first experience, and they have nothing but praises for the nurses and staff. They're so caring and compassionate um, to make their loved ones passing as easy, as painless as possible, both for, um, the dying and for their families. Yeah, definitely. And I I think a lot of people are unaware that there is
1: an alternative to, um, keeping your loved one at home to die. Um, a lot of people want to keep their loved one at home, but they realize how much work it is and, uh, they just, they just physically and emotionally cannot do it. So this provides, um, a wonderful alternative to that where they can get the support they need, um, and begin the grieving process, um, Instead of trying to focus on the care. Yeah,
0: when you have a loved one, it's not a nine to five job. oh, well, I'm going to take right. off work. I mean, it's it's twenty four seven with mm-hmm. requirements for um, medical care. It's uh, you know, it's not a one person job as well as we'll learn um, in speaking with Barbara. So our guest today is Barbara LaFrance. She's an RN and the director of home health and hospice care and the community hospice house here in Merrimack. Barbara, welcome to Dying to Talk.
3: Thank you for having me.
0: Appreciate you coming. We have, a, we have a lot of questions today. I guess the first question we should really try to mm-hmm. clarify is what's the difference between hospice at home and a hospice house?
3: Well, a majority of patients are able to stay at home uh, for end-of-life care, but when their needs become more advanced and they need the skills of a nurse uh, 24 hours a day, um, then it's appropriate for them to be transferred and managed at a hospice house
0: so do you in, in your experience do you um, patients that are coming to hospice house have they have they had home hospice first and then get transferred or are there some cases that they go from being um, you know, being diagnosed as needing hospice right to the hospice house
3: uh, all of the above yes we have patients that um, are managed at home for months and And towards um, the last few weeks to a month, um, they need advanced symptom management or caregiver relief, so they're transferred to the hospice house. Uh, We have patients that are in the hospital, and because of their disease prognosis, it's a very uh, short-term need, and they do have a lot of um, advanced skill needs, so they'll be transferred from the hospital right to our hospice house. Um, And and on occasion, some patients from nursing facilities, but... You
1: had just said that um, you know you'll have people from you know from from a week or so to a month. Do you have a, a time minimum or maximum that people are allowed to stay um, at the hospice house?
3: No, but typically it's usually weeks to months okay. at the hospice house. So,
0: so how many um, how many beds are there at the hospice? I know there are actually the, the the first first question. How many hospice houses are there in? New Hampshire.
3: There are three hospice houses. There's one in Dover, one in Concord, and ours in Merrimack. Okay. And we do have ten beds. Ten beds. Uh, they're suite style, so the family has there's there's a room for the patient, and then attached to that is a um, family room, where the family can stay at any time. Sleep, uh, spend the night. Yep, spend the night. There's a pull out couch, um, and some reclining chairs and uh, refrigerator, so families are welcome to stay. Um, for as long as they want, um, overnight.
0: I mean, can they can they customize the? I don't mean design it necessarily, <laughs> yeah. but can if a family wants their loved one to have some tokens of the home, maybe a recliner or painting or something that's more personal, can they bring in yes. those personal items? Yes, yes,
3: we, we really want them to be as comfortable as they can and remind them as you know be as home like as possible while
2: still having the hospital care that they may need. Okay. So as they're able to bring in some of those items from home, what is your policy on bringing in pets?
3: Uh, yeah, uh, we welcome pets, and that's in a very you know important part of families' lives, patients' lives. Um, so we do um, welcome pets. They do have had to have some kind of veterinarian care um, just for the safety of everyone at the hospice house, and then they have to be leashed, um when they're in the common areas but after that they can you know be in the beds they can be with the family and they just need a, another human companion overnight because night can be a little um scary for pets because of the different lighting uh, so we do require either they be in a, a crate or have a you know another human companion stay overnight with them but the pets are very important
0: and you have people bringing pets on a regular yeah we do and we also
3: have our own pet therapy so not only do do people bring in their own pets cats dogs um we have uh certified uh, pet therapy dogs and cats that come in we are trained volunteers and and are are frequently they have days that they come in they come in every day actually and they'll visit with with patients
0: we actually just ran a blog on our uh, website that talked about um funeral homes getting involved with pets and, and grief therapy and I don't. You know, we've run hundreds of blogs over the years. I don't think we've had any more comments more than we've had on. We have probably have had two hundred people comment on what a great idea having pets would be at the funeral home, as far as therapy and for dealing with you know older people and for younger kids and just to, you know grief grief therapy.
3: It is so therapeutic, even for our staff. I mean, when they when our dogs come in, everybody knows they're in the in house. And they just come around, um, they get their pets, they do their job, they work hard. Um, and it's very therapeutic. So I would agree that that would be a great thing for you to look into. Yeah.
0: Now, speaking of, of, of staffing, we get an email uh, from Katie who said she was a nurse, say from where. Um, does does hospice... I'm going to get her question correctly. Do, do nurses that work at hospice houses have a higher turnover rate than the average hospice nurse? And is is hospice nursing have a higher turnover rate than than sort of traditional nursing care?
3: Um, It is a very specialized and, you know, can be a very emotional position. But no, um, not any more than any of the other uh, specialties in nursing. In fact, our hospice house has very low turnover. Um, I think that it's a calling to become a hospice nurse, and when you're in a controlled setting like a hospice house, they support each other. It's pretty amazing. Um, when I'm there on a Friday afternoon and we have a call out, somebody has a family emergency, and you call for another staff member, there's always someone saying, I can do that shift. So it's a very supportive family.
0: It, it is. I I know that I've, you know, answered the phone when you, we've had one of your hospice nurses call, and I mean, in some cases, they're crying on the phone. We've had our staff go, and, you know, there's an emotional I think it's different than if you're going to the, you know, the house now and again, or you're a nurse at a nursing home or at a hospital, not that they're not caring, but I think there's a... I mean, you would know, obviously, better than I. There's, yeah. a, there's a unique bond that develops between hospice nurses and their patient families. Yes,
3: yes. You can't help but there's a human connection. I mean, I know when I first started in hospice, I've been a nurse for over 30 years, and I've done a lot of different nursing, but death touches us all. Okay. So, um, and we're there for, um, you know, the patients and their families through that tough journey. So it's it's just a human connection uh, with hospice nurses.
1: Now, because you form these, these fast bonds, you know, due to the... Super intimate level of care that that you're giving um, to these families and to the to the people who are dying. Um, do you ever form personal relationships that last beyond the you know the end of care? And do you have any regulations or policies for or against that?
3: Well, um, you can't help but have bonds and connections, and we work within the community, um, but we do help our staff have professional boundaries, mm-hmm. um, because you can become overconnected mm-hmm. um, with families. And as long as it's, um, outside work hours and, you know, um, we do not have any other guidelines other than, you know, stay professional, continue with your boundaries, mm-hmm. um, And then what happens to a lot of our families is they come back and volunteer Mm -hmm. so they're part of our community anyway so wow (laughs) yeah we're very fortunate in that way but um we work um and live in the communities that we serve so a lot of them are our neighbors and friends anyways
2: so with caring for the those who are ill and their families do you offer any Special seminars or grieving groups for families after their loved ones have passed.
3: Yes, we we follow all families for a year after death. That's you know just a routine mailings, calls, um, but we also have specialized support groups that are open to all community, even if they haven't been seen at our hospice house or in our hospice services. Um, and there are specialized group like spousal support groups. We have um, child grief loss groups. Um, and so that's open to all the community and it's on our website.
0: So Home Health and Hospice is, is a non-profit, correct? Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about funding and how that works because um, we get the call often, yeah. uh, people call us and say, you know, we're looking into hospice. You know, we want to make some advanced arrangements. My mom's not doing well. And, you know, we think we're going to talk about hospice. Of course, they're asking us the questions and not that, you know, we know some basic information, but we refer them. But we do have the question a lot how do I pay for hospice and how does that? And so why don't you address that for a couple
3: minutes Mm -hmm. Uh, most insurances do cover hospice Um, there are different levels of care for a routine level and then the more advanced level of care that we have at our hospice house but most of your insurances definitely medicare and medicaid do cover that and most of your other insurances do Cover that also for end of life care, but we are a nonprofit, and we're very fortunate that a lot of our um, families give back financially, and we do a lot of fundraising to help support the free care that we do that we're committed to at our hospice house. Um, so that is, you know, no reason for patients not to be admitted to our hospice. And house. I know how
0: much the fundraising is important. I, mean, I am I am on the board, and I was the past chair of one of the competing hospices, <laughs> nonprofit as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. both do a great job, um, but. You know they're obviously looking um, as are, as are you for fundraising opportunities for especially volunteer opportunities um, we do yep. a lot of the hospice training for a lot of the hospice volunteers so we know how important that that network is both in terms of fundraising and in terms of, of volunteers
3: yeah we couldn't do it we couldn't give you know to the free care the patients that are really in a vulnerable time um, without the fundraising so we're very fortunate that community supports us
0: now if someone wants to be a volunteer because obviously you have um, Home care and hospice runs both the hospice house as well as hospice at home and other home care. Mm-hmm. Can someone, if someone wants to be a volunteer, I guess I have a two-part question. A, what what do they do? Who do they contact? And B, can they be a volunteer just at the hospice house or just at a home? Or once you open yourself to being a volunteer, it's wherever wherever you're needed.
3: First of all, if you want to volunteer, call us. <laughs> <We'll do. laughs> we have over two hundred volunteers that support our agency.
0: You have a volunteer coordinator. Uh, that we they have a volunteer
3: coordinator specifically, Tanya Prather. She's our volunteer coordinator that um, really matches your skill set with our needs. Mm-hmm. A phenomenal ability. We'll take anything from one hour to twenty hours. If you want to stuff envelopes, or if you want to come in and sit with our patients and read to them, play music um we really have a, a robust um volunteer program um you can you can support our hospice house you can support our patients in the home you can support patients in our nursing homes are um, um, the types of volunteers that we have we have administrative so if you really don't want to you know be involved with patients but you want to give back um, you could type for us. We have an IT support volunteer. Uh, they've created websites for us. Um, it's pretty amazing um, the skills that our volunteers have and how they can help us and supplement. Um, Everything that we do. But if at the hospice house, uh, we have volunteers answer the phones. We have volunteers help the cooks. We're fortunate hmm. that we have a couple of cooks, but sometimes they call out sick or we need supplements. So they're cooking for us. They're baking the cookies that you smell when you walk in the door. <laughs> um, they help with laundry. We do our own laundry services. So they supplement that. So a lot services, of opportunities. Plenty of opportunities.
0: Do volunteers that bring in pets?
3: Uh, yes, we have volunteers that have pets. Um, okay. They have their own pets. We have, when we have volunteers right. that come in, they... We have a volunteer team, so one's the pet and one's the helper, like to, to interact with the family and oh, kind wow, of watch okay. the surroundings. We have music volunteers, so you'll walk in and they're playing their piano or they're playing guitar, just some So you got to be
0: musical music. to be a volunteer. Music <laughs> yeah, preferably. Person. You don't want to make
3: things worse. <laughs> if you have a skill, we'll find a volunteer opportunity for you. It's not, it's not music, that's for sure. <laughs>
2: Now, Barbara, this might just be a semantics question, um, but we've been talking about hospice care. Is that the same thing as palliative care?
3: That's a good question. Um, Palliative care is whenever you have a serious illness, um, then you should be thinking about palliative care. Um, We do have trained palliative care clinicians on our staff. And um, what palliative care is, is to talk to you while you're seeking the aggressive treatment of a disease, you're getting... um, discussion on the palliative side about symptom management and how to enjoy your life while you're still seeking aggressive treatments. Also talking to you about choices um, and care planning about that serious illness, because at some point, maybe that serious illness isn't going to be treatable, and you're going to want to know your treatment options. And so palliative care helps you early on in the stages to just have that discussion with you. Hospice care is—you know—you have a limited amount of time, months to a year, and at that point, you really want to maximize the quality of your life and do the things that are important to you, and um, be with your family.
0: So it's—it's it's more than just pain management. It's a lot more than that, isn't it?
3: Yes, yeah. I mean we're all about more than just our, right. our physical symptoms. Correct. Right. So it, it's about
0: psychological management and the whole gamut. Yeah, of, it, yeah.
3: it's about living and and, and understanding the—you know—what you want to do with what time you have left. Right.
1: Once a patient is in the hospice house, um, what type of pain management, symptom management is done? Is there are there medications that are administered? Is it? I mean, is that is are you at a point at, then
3: that there is no longer medication given? Um, well, all of our staff are certified in hospice and palliative care, and so we we follow national standards and protocols for symptom management. So the you know what we do is we anticipate um, based on your disease progression, what you're going to need. Mm-hmm. And so we're anticipating to make sure you're as comfortable as possible so you can spend your time with your family. So there's no treatment per se. It's just, it, it c- could be treatment it if that's be. gonna, if that's gonna palliate you. So, okay. so we're anticipating, you know, if you're having symptoms, is there a treatment method that will help you out? So it's not no treatment, mm-hmm. it's whatever's gonna make you comfortable at that time. Gotcha. So we're able to do a lot at the house and there's also complementary therapies such as music you know, reading, pet therapy that actually can help you relax. Mm-hmm.
0: What is your policy? And the reason I'm asking is I actually got a, a, a call a couple weeks ago from one of your hospice nurses at, at the hospice house. And um, what's becoming, it's, it's, and I'm going to say this, whatever is new is old or old again, whatever that saying goes, <laughs> is what's becoming more popular now is actually people going and having home wakes. Mm. What was done decades ago before, you know, before we had funeral homes, people have did everything at the home uh, Matter of fact in a couple of weeks. We have one of our our guests coming on um, Lee Webster who is in President of the National Home Wake Association or something like that. i don't I get his organization wrong um, To talk about people wanting to have home wakes and, and the, the question is a long introduction introduction, <laughs> but the question I have is we get a call from one of your yeah. one of your <laughs> nurses and the family wanted to have a, basically a home wake for the, the cremation, before yeah. we were at getting involved with the cremation. And the question about when can we have a home wake at hospice house? Can we transfer the person to the home and then back to our facility? So what's your, the question I'm asking is, yeah. is, is, is what what's your policy, you know, once someone passes, um, you know, obviously the funeral home does not have to, Come immediately, and we've had people wait for hours, and in some cases, days. What's a? Do you have a written policy, or is it on a case by case basis in terms of how long the family can stay with their loved one um, at at the hospice house?
3: It's really case by. I mean, it's what the family. We try to honor the wishes of the family, and we try to be prepared for. That's why we you were getting the call because because this is what the family wanted. Um, So we try to be ready. For when the patient you know passes usually it's only a few hours and, mm-hmm. and they're already ready and they've been grieving and, and they're ready for the next step um, and we do rely on you know our, our friends you know at the funeral homes to help us with the next step right. and and usually you know we have 10 beds so you know there is you know other families that can use the bed so it's it's we do not you know want to do the wakes or anything like that right. at the hospice house um, and so it's, it's usually within the day Right. But although I know we've our yeah. staff
0: has come there and there's been 10, 15, yeah. 20, 30 people or they're waiting for a granddaughter to fly in and you know what what sometimes ends up being an hour ends up really being you know 4 yeah. or 5 or 6 and, hours and and, of,
3: and, it, and it, we will not rush the right. family if we know you know we will not rush that's that's just as important as the uh, mission and you know the process we want everyone to have time you know with their family member Is
0: there a wait list? I mean do you once once Someone ebbs, has passed, and yeah, these are it always... ebbs
3: and flows. But usually, you know, we have some patients, you know, from the home or the hospitals, or you know, there's only three in the state, so we're pretty busy. Right, right.
0: Do you know if there are any plans to open up any any other hospice houses in the state? Uh,
3: um, there, Dartmouth up in Lebanon is talking about some type of palliative unit, mm-hmm. um, and so I know that that's you know in discussion. Right. But other than that, no. Yeah. I, I
0: know there are a number of nursing homes that actually have hospice beds dedicated and not, obviously not a hospice right. house or in a nursing home, which is yeah. not not exactly the same at all in terms no. of a hospice house. So. It takes
3: a lot of community support, right. <laughs> donations financially and financially. Well as, yeah. So it's not, yeah, a for-profit business.
0: So. Okay, great. Um, I think we have time for one more question. Mandy or uh, Madison, do you have a wrap-up question?
1: I do, actually. Um, does anybody who enters the hospice house ever... Um, leave uh you know get well enough to leave
3: yes um they graduate from the hospice <laughs> house um sometimes when patients have a prognosis um and then um, they transfer it to us and by taking away medications or settling their symptoms they actually get better um with the one-on-one care and the great support that they get and then they go home and uh, you know it's a great story
0: Hmm. it's a great feeling i'm sure yes yeah it's a great story thank you for joining us on another informative episode of dying to talk i definitely learned a lot If our listeners have any questions about funerals or cremations either in new hampshire or vermont i'm happy to answer them just email me at buddy at finef.net. that's buddy at p-h-a-n-e-u-f.net or call me on my direct line at 603-625-5778 our contact information is in the show notes of this episode too